All right, emergency FizzCast time. Tim Wenner, Jonathan Hoppy, Brian Ward out as defensive coordinator. Kind of surprising news for me. We saw this coming. Maybe not this right. weekend, though. It happened in a hurry. People calling for it, asking you shall receive a major shakeup. Dino Babers making some changes. We're going to break it down on this FizzCast starting right now. FizzCast! Without Jerry McIntyre, we wouldn't have won 10 games this year. You're watching the Fizz. Okay? Not 10. What's up, Fizz fans? The most brutal thing I've seen in 30 years. Welcome back to another episode of the Fizz. And especially that it comes from our people. And welcome to the Fizz! We are locked and loaded, ready for another FizzCast after another disappointing loss for Syracuse football. A lot to break down this week. Brian Ward, the big news, being fired by Dino Babers, a change on the defensive staff. And like we said, a little surprising that it came at this point in the season, but I kind of like it. Why not just get in a new regime, start the tryout process for a new D.C. right away? Something had to change, Tim. Something had to change, and it did. This was a systematic problem based on what we saw against Boston College, based on what we saw against Maryland. Those were two of the worst games in the Dino Babers era. And this defense that was supposed to be one of the best in the conference has gotten blitzed on multiple occasions. And against Boston College, that was hard to watch. That second quarter was unlike anything I've ever watched college football-wise. And I guess it's Similar to what we've seen in the Dino Babers era, though. This is, again, another really bad performance from the defense. A pathetic performance from this defense in terms of just not being in the right spots. Big plays after big plays. I mean, they gave up four 50-plus yard touchdowns in one quarter hop. 44 points. I didn't think it could get worse than Maryland, 42 points. But they give up 44 points at home in the first half to a team that is one-dimensional, and is playing with a backup quarterback, a former walk-on at quarterback. And somehow, the numbers are staggering when you look at it. I think it's good that they made the change when they did. I was not expecting it, but now that I've seen it, I do like the change. And we'll break down what's next now. Because, How could you not like the change? Right. You, you needed to make change. And I think we were both asking for Dino Babers to sort of wear this loss a little bit in the press conference afterwards. Maybe come out and say, this is on me. I take some of the responsibility. He hasn't really done that, but I applaud him because he is a loyal guy. He's been very loyal to his coaching staff, and he made a change. Brian Ward, you hope for the best with him. You hope for the best with his family and everything, but a change had to be made, and it took some guts maybe to do it midseason, but I like what Dino did here. You highlighted his family, and you hope everything is well. Brian Ward, sometimes when people get fired like this, it's easy to say, okay, cool, let's get rid of Brian Ward. He stinks. No, he doesn't stink. He's a good football coach, but something went terribly wrong. Remember that 21-game takeaway streak? You got to give him some credit there. The talent that's been developed here, he's had a say in Andre Sisko's freshman season. Zaire Franklin, the two ends. He's done a lot of great things at Syracuse. Something just completely fell apart this year. He was up for Train off the tracks, dude. Train off the tracks. When that happens, you've got to make a change. He was up for the Broyles Award. People forget a couple years in a row for Syracuse for being one of the top assistants in the country. And I do think we agreed this change needed to happen. But it's weird. We were talking about this earlier today. After the Liberty game, it would seem crazy to think we'd be at this point because 
They shut out Liberty. They had eight sacks, and he was kind of on top of the world after a good season in 2018. This entire season has been remarkable, and not in a positive way for Syracuse. The things that have gone on this year are like no other college football season in the history of the Syracuse program. It's just simply the truth. It's hard to even sit here and talk to you about it. Now, the list could go on. I was tweeting out during the game against Boston College, and I said, we are witnessing one of the biggest preseason media flops in the history of college football because everybody had this team high. Everybody had this team really in the Orange Bowl. I'd say more people had them in than didn't. And now they could very likely go the entire year without a Power 5 win. And think about what that encompasses, too. A Power 5 win means you go winless in the conference. That has not happened under Dino Babers. The weird thing is, the biggest problem with the season, all season long, has been the offense. That's what you said today. You summarized that great because that is what's so odd about this Brian Ward firing is that game against BC, we didn't talk about the offensive line, really. And they played a little bit better, and the play calling was a little bit better designed, given that it is a bad offensive line, and BC's defensive line isn't quite as good. But we went from blaming it all on the offensive line to, boom, Brian Ward's out a day after a game. How did it happen that way? <laughs> yeah, right. We're sitting here now thinking, oh, Brian Ward's fired. This is a big change that Syracuse needed. What about the offense? I was out for a walk today, a walk slash run. I don't know if that walks. Okay, I was about to say. (laughs) I was, you know, unwinding after a big week, getting ready for the next week, Sunday scaries, what you got coming up. And I'm thinking to myself, I cannot believe that Brian Ward is fired. And here we are thinking, okay, this change was needed. How about the offense? The offense has been the problem this year. Against Clemson, the offense was the problem. Now, Maryland, the defense was really bad. They've had a few games, and there has been a recent trend of not being able to stop anybody. But NC State, surely the Wolfpack basically stink. They're one of the worst teams as well. The offense couldn't move the ball. The offense has not been able to move the ball. I think the first quarter of that BC game was really an outlier. Outside of that, that's been the problem. So let's not get fooled into thinking, okay, Syracuse is on track to fix everything and Brian Ward is going to be a domino effect that fixes the defense. That's not going to happen. It's just one man. And now you've got three wins as you enter a bye with two games on the road, and then the second-best team in the league comes in for senior day. This team's going to win three games. (laughs) They really are. It's This team is going to win three games, Tim. And the main reason why they're going to win three games is the offensive line still, I think. But that being said, I think – you had to fire. Gosh, fi- the O-line had to be fired up after that game. Right. Because so many other areas of weakness were they got exposed. Off. Yeah. So now, before it was like, oh, the O-line stinks. Now, everything stinks. Well, the tough part is the narrative before that game was, okay, the offensive line has completely derailed this season. And in a big-picture landscape, I was thinking, that might not be the worst narrative for Syracuse because at least we've seen them be – somewhat decent offensive line-wise under the Dino Babers era. But the systemic issue throughout the Dino Babers era has been giving up big plays, like we saw against Boston College. That was not the first straw. That was the final straw. So I think it's smart that they had to get rid of Brian Ward. It's just weird to think that he went before Mike Cavanaugh and the offensive line coach because – 
going into this game on Saturday, I would have definitely pegged Kavanaugh as the first to be fired out of that group. And now maybe this is just the first domino. Who knows? Here's what I would say to that. The O-line, it appears there's really a sparse selection of players. Right. The defense was supposed to be good. That's the biggest thing. And I know we always go back. Think about how many times we've talked about us being in Charlotte for the ACC kickoff. Why do we do that? Because there were things said there that was really foreshadowing for the season. And up until now, everything's sort of been on track because Dino Baber says the O-line's pretty average. Right. But the defense is great. Yeah. He was raving about the defense and maybe to sort of hide some things with the offense. But that's the confusing part. And he was asked that after the game when we thought he might take a little bit of a harder stand. He continued to toe the line with his approach. The defense, there have been some bad breaks, sure. But how do you explain they're forcing turnovers? They're doing things well. And yet they have these plays where guys are just out of position. It's really, really hard to wrap your head right. around because this was supposed to be a strength, and now it's anything but. And there is no strength on this football team. There are two players that have stood out to me this entire season. Tristan. Tristan Jackson and Andre Sisco. You could say maybe Aaron Hackett, too. Maybe, maybe. Aaron Hackett, but he doesn't appear on the road he doesn't travel well no, no he doesn't travel well at all <laughs> he's great at home though I great mean, at home the train sirens going off every time he catches a pass at home right he leaves something in the dome and when they get on that charter flight he doesn't take it with him he's yeah. got five touchdowns in the dome he's got five catches away from the dome there really is just one of them being the first pass of the season right that to me we were at that game we looked at each other it was very confusing that Aaron Hackett caught the sure. first pass of the season. Talk about foreshadowing. Yeah. That was a precursor to what we've seen this year. It's the been odd a weird season year. it's been started with Aaron Hackett catching one of five road passes on the first play from scrimmage in 2019. I mean, to be fair, no one on the offense travels, really. No one on the offense has played well except for the outlier of the first quarter against B.C. and Western Michigan. But, I mean, come on, it's Western Michigan. Well, let's give Hackett credit. At least he's playing well at home. And that's not to take a shot at these other players, but so many guys have had down years. It's just one of those things when everything comes together, it's just not working. We could sit here all day and break it down, and we have and we will continue to as long as this season is being played because right now they're not going to make a bowl game. Heck, they've got to worry about – I talked about this in my postgame column at orangefizz.net. It started out Orange Bowl, question mark. A month later, okay, seven to eight wins, question mark. And then a month later, bowl game, question mark. Now – Power five win, question mark? Right. It's been a slow decline, and here we are with Syracuse at three wins. The weird thing is, though, with the defense, it's really just been two horrendous games. Now, they have been horrendous, and that's just this year. There's been other examples there, and for whatever reason, it does feel more like a coaching problem. And you said it earlier, guys are just not in the right place out there. It's honestly just befuddling to watch as someone who watches football a lot like you and me when you watch that Maryland game it's like oh my gosh another big play and BC was the same way it's like how is this happening how is there no one there and that's where it feels like it's more of a coaching problem than maybe the offensive line because there is talent on this defense there's a lot of talent there's some NFL players 
And to an extent, you have to credit Ward for building up some of those players who weren't high recruits into NFL prospects. And the turnovers have been good, which makes it even more puzzling because usually turnovers is such a key to winning games. And they've gotten so many turnovers the past two years. And you could say maybe if you're getting some fluky turnovers and some good breaks, that bodes well for you. But it has not resulted in wins this year. We know that. There's no consistency, really, on any side of the ball. Offense, defense, special teams hasn't even been consistent. No. Willie Taggart out at FSU. Well, what's the common denominator? Sure, that's a whole separate situation, but Taggart loses to Miami. It was the final straw. Miami's a team that was teetering in the middle of the ACC. They've sort of turned it around with Jaron Williams at quarterback. You can't lose to Miami, go 0 for 2. That was the final straw. He's out. Well, if you're Syracuse, you cannot. You just can't give up 34 points to Boston College. Boston College. With a backup quarterback. And I get it. People on the other side are probably saying the same about Syracuse. Even though the Orange won 10 games, they're still in that same arena as Boston College. And right now they're in the same arena as Rutgers. Yeah. Let that sink in. People outside of this place don't think of Syracuse much different than Rutgers. And when you lose as bad as they've lost on big stages, that's what's going to happen. So my point with all this is when you lose big games, sometimes things just get a little extra attention. And this blowout to Boston College got enough attention to cost a man his job. It's not easy to fire coaches. And you talked about how loyal Dino Babers is. That's why I thought we would see this at the end of the season, some sort of shakeup. Yeah. But it was so bad in the eyes of Babers and in everyone else's eyes, but sometimes we're not the most intelligent. He's the head coach. No matter what he tells us, which isn't much, he knows exactly what's going on. Decided to let him go because things are that bad defensively. Another big reason I think they did it this week is because of the bye week. That does help ease this process a little bit. But I'll pose this to you. Who would Syracuse be favored over right now, a Power 5 team be favored over at a neutral site? I think Rutgers, maybe Northwestern. I mean, there's not many teams. And we're talking about a preseason top 25 team coming off 10 wins, and we're having this conversation. You know, it's tough to say. Syracuse, now I will say this, it's easier for us to sit here and be negative about Syracuse because we've watched it all season long. There's not many positives about Rutgers, who fired Chris Ash just a few weeks into the season. Even Georgia Tech, Jeff Collins, he's got them on the climb, but they've lost to some pretty bad teams. I mean, they lost to a Temple team that's not very good. They lost to the Citadel. They lost to the Citadel. That's not great. Okay, so Georgia Tech has had moments of weakness. The problem is you figure at some point, at some point, things could come together for Syracuse to pick up a win against an NC State, against a Boston college, just hasn't happened. And they sit in a really tough spot. They're not going to make a bowl game. So I don't know who you could favor them against. Let's give Tommy DeVito some credit, though. He looked better. He looked pretty good against Boston College when he had time to throw because they weren't blitzing. Frankly, they don't have the personnel. Probably the worst defense Syracuse has faced maybe all season outside of Holy Cross and Western Michigan. That's the worst Power 5 defense you know, Western Michigan would fall in that arena. 
but I would say it's the worst defense they've faced. Yeah, definitely worst power five right. defense so far. I don't know, man. It's just, and DeVito did look better. There were some silver linings with this game. He just has no time to throw. Right. And I think it's just shattered his confidence completely because you see it is in there. And he made a pass in this game that, I mean, it made us jump in the press box how good it is. The arm talent is there. It was that deep ball that Tristan Jackson didn't result in a catch. Right. Was, Maybe he overthrew it just a touch, but think about how tough the throw was right over the shoulder on a frozen rope. It was a rope. I mean, that just was an NFL-looking throw. And he doesn't have it. Yeah. So that's where the offense starts and ends with no time for Tommy DeVito. The defense is a whole different question. So for me, long-term, there's more questions about this defense because they've got to figure out a scheme that works. People were calling for maybe go back to Schaefer's system where it's right. a bit more of an attacking defense. Do you think the Tampa 2 has to go? I don't think the Tampa 2... People, that's kind of a buzzword. People just say, it's, oh, the Tampa 2, sure. blah, 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 blah. It can be run appropriately. Here's my thing. Syracuse hasn't really had an identity on defense at all this season. And even last year, their identity was turnovers. Yep. This year, not so much the case, but there's a lot of guys out of position. You come out with the nickel last year. You don't play it a ton. Now we're playing it a little more with Trill Williams. It just seems like there's a lot of moving pieces, and there's a lot of guys, especially on the interior of the defensive line, that we're just not sure about. And the defense has been so bad. Christopher Frederick had a great year last year. Barely hear his name. How about Evan Foster? How about Evan Foster? Yeah. Yeah. Even the guys, the pass rushers, Coleman and Robinson, they're not producing. I mean, no one is producing. And you go back to the offense a little bit. Taj Harris, Nikeem Johnson, these are all talented guys that put up numbers last year that have fallen from grace, essentially. And there's frustration on these guys' faces, obviously. So the question, how do you fix this? Million-dollar question. I couldn't tell you, but here's the thing. Syracuse and its fans have been in this spot before. Three games left, nobody cares. No one. Nobody cares. How quickly they gained all those fans over the summer and the spring with all the hype, they've lost them. That's the sad reality right now. But Dino Babers has to use that to his team and find a way for them to rally together. They need to win a game to close out the year. They need to show some sign of life. I don't know what it is, but if you roll over, you can't roll over against a Dave Cutcliffe coach team. They will take you down. All they do is go to a bowl game. Cutcliffe is primed to go back. His guys play ball at a very technically sound level. If Syracuse goes down there sleepy, they'll get run out the building. Louisville, a team on the up and up. They've lost their quarterback. They've had a lot go wrong, and they are still one of the best teams in the ACC. Remarkably, now there is a lot of good talent there, and surely they're finding that. More talent there than Syracuse in terms of recruiting. And then Wake Forest looks to be really good right now as well with the big test against Clemson looming in a couple of weeks. They can't go 0-3. On one hand, this Duke game maybe becomes a little more relevant to watch because I want to see how Steve Stannard in the defense looks compared to Brian Ward. Maybe there will be some changes. Maybe just a new face brings a little bit better performance, a little more heart. for me to believe you're going to see a much different defense. To go out there and change schemes in the middle of the season – now, what it should bring is a wake-up call. Right. 
because these guys just lost their coach. You're not going to change schemes, but is this maybe them sort of trying out Stannard in this role? Do you see that? I mean, the defensive line coach, the defensive line has had some success with Syracuse. Do you see this as maybe a tryout type of format? Give me three games, and maybe that's a benefit to this? Because personally, I think they've got to go out of the program and bring in a new defensive mind to see any sort of progress, any sort of rewards. I'd like to see them go out of the program and get a good guy. Me too, especially because you've got Dino Babers manning up the offense. He's a household name almost at this point. Who can he go out and get? What connections does he have to go out and get a mind that brings in a fresh face? It's not only going to be Brian Ward that loses his job. Dino Babers is now feeling the heat. He's about to have his worst season at Syracuse. It's amazing. Three wins as we project them to get his worst season in Syracuse. You can't just win three games and feel comfortable about your job. No. Now, surely he's got a nice contract extension, and he knows he has two to three years to figure something out. Yeah. Because he does. And I'm not sitting here questioning right, we're not Dino calling Babers. for it, but... We know what he can do, and I think anyone who is sane is going to give Dino Babers at least a full another season until you even begin to question what he's doing. But they've got to figure something out. I don't know how they're going to do it because the offensive line isn't getting much better. They need to go outside of the program with this defense and reach for something. They've got to find answers because if you finish three and nine after this season, after the projections. I right. mean, are you kidding? And it's not even that. Like, the three and nine sounds really bad. But it's I'll, even worse. It, it feels like it's, it's even demoralizing. worse. It feels like it's even worse because the way they lost some of these games, the way they've looked on offense, I mean, it's been hopeless. Like, yes, NC State was a 16-10 loss, but we were there. They were down and out that entire game. They were hopeless that entire game. You look at the pit game. They only lost by 7, 27-20, but come on. I mean, they were down and out. Same type of thing. They just have no sort of urgency, no sort of hope whatsoever. And a lot of the stuff you're talking about, how do you fix this? How do you bring change to the program? Probably starts with recruiting. And the elephant in the room here is that Dino recruiting-wise, since he's taken over, has been average so-so to below average I mean you can't say he's been good he's brought in some good guys he's brought in some four stars but one of them Kadir White has not panned Complete out flop so far right I mean where is he you got a, an offensive line that has no talent and you have a four star that has not gotten on the field at all not even been on the depth chart at all so in in some of that is just you know rankings aren't everything it's tough to project some of these guys and maybe these recruits will pan out down the road. Andre Cisco wasn't a high-rated recruit. He's worked out pretty well. But recruiting has to get better, too. And it's got to be a look in the mirror at every position group, I think. I mean, there's been talks about Mike Lynch, offensive coordinator, not doing a great job this season. Can't really blame people for saying that because some of these plays do look stagnant. It's not orange as the new fast. And I know the offensive line is crippling them, but... Let's face it, they've got to reevaluate a lot of things after a 3-9 and nine season, which we are projecting. Dino Baber's involved in that play calling as well. You'd have to think he's had a big hand in what has gone on, especially after the spiral at the beginning of the season. And Tim, as we wind things down here, I still go back to the point I made. Think about who was in on this team at the beginning of the season. 
it wasn't one of those situations where guys like Tim and myself are hyping the team up. Local media. Yeah, people are saying it was local media. No. It was national media. It, no, Vegas no, no. maybe got it right on the uh, FanDuel side or whatever, but that wasn't the only Vegas line out there. There were other stuff, and every projection had Syracuse everyone in the top of the ACC. Everyone bought in. Literally everyone bought in. You can go back to the projections. Conference media picked him second. Athlon Sports had him in the Orange Bowl. Phil Steele, I believe, had him if not in the Orange Bowl, right at the top of the conference. AP poll, everything. How about our season predictions? Harrison Singer says 7-5, and five, and we were, like, kind of scoffing at that sure. at the beginning of the season. 7-5 and five was like, oh, my gosh, was, that's low. And now they, they can't even get to seen, 7. And we that got was three seen games as worst case. Right. Right. If you would have done best case, worst case. Best case, 10 wins, Orange Bowl. Worst case, 7 wins, pinstripe. Something like that. Now we're looking at 3. You know what sticks out to me? Anish Shroff had a tweet before the season. I've thought about this a lot recently. I wish I had it in front of me to read it word for word. But he basically said— SU alum. Yeah, SU alum, a broadcaster. He said, I've gone through the Syracuse schedule, and I see worst-case scenario. I think he said was eight wins. But he basically said, going through the schedule— Orange fans can relax. They can be hopeful this year because worst-case scenario, they slip a little bit, but the schedule is so favorable that wins are out there. And that's another thing that adds to why this 3-9 and nine season feels even worse. The ACC is so bad. These teams they're losing to, NC State, Pittsburgh, even Florida State, they're all losing games. They're all looking really bad. Boston College lost to Kansas at home, and that's when they had Anthony Brown. I mean, and they lost to Kansas by, like, double digits, by 20-plus points. I remember people in the Syracuse community, I think it was Noons, was tweeting, at least we're not Kansas after that, or at least we're not Boston College after they lost to Kansas. Well, now everyone's laughing at Syracuse, and they should be. This has been an unprecedented downhill climb. We can sit here and say it all we want. We'll talk about it until the sky falls. The problem now, Tim, is you roped so many people in and you had literally the entire nation buying in, and now you've just put on your forehead, I'm a fraud. (laughs) That's what you've done, and now you have to prove somehow that you're not because the recruits aren't looking at this school on an upward trend anymore. They're looking at it on a downwards trend as the worst team in the ACC. They've got to find a way to get a win or two to close out this season. They just have to do it. You do that, you end on some sort of a positive. But if you finish this season with three wins, and really two of them against garbage opponents, one of them against a garbage Holy Cross team, Liberty's actually decent, but they're still transitioning to the FBS. They're, they're They've underperformed in, in the every FBS. game, dude. I mean, and no doubt. I look at the Vegas Except against the maybe spread. maybe Western Michigan. Maybe it's the only game you can it say. It still wasn't great. It still wasn't great. No. They pulled away late. Holy Cross was ugly. This is this is troublesome. I don't know what the fix is. I'll tell you one thing. I'll be watching closely for the rest of the season to see how these guys respond because it feels like two seasons ago all over again. They've quit. It feels like it. And I don't want to say the players have quit, but it does feel like, and they're trying, and that's maybe Well, the unfair. fans have certainly quit. The fans have quit. And that and was evident quit. after the Boston College game. I was surprised there was as many people there at the start of the fourth quarter than yeah. there was. Thought there would be less. Well, people were asking for change, and they got one thing. I, I'll give props to Dino. I didn't know that 
maybe this would happen. You don't see coordinators get fired in the middle of the season, even towards the end of the season, often. But Brian Ward is out, and now we'll watch the Duke game. You can follow Orange Fizz on Twitter for live updates of that. Check us out, orangefizz.net. Thomas Schultz and J.D. Rachi have Fizz Radio this week. That'll be coming out Thursday night or Friday morning. So check that out on the podcast app. Until next time, thanks for listening to the FizzCast. For Jonathan Hoppy. I'm Tim Leonard. We'll talk to you soon.